Oh, thank you, dear friend. Mankind. I, I love Travis Bly. I love to hear him sing. Great job. You give Brother Bruce my love, Bruce Aubrey, and uh, to Jay Koshy and others there. You see Coach Bayheim, tell him hello for us. He coaches up at Syracuse. I was there a few years ago preaching. Rick Moody was coaching the girls' team, and we got to meet Coach Bayheim and go in that big dome where they play football and basketball, and they had it set up to play lacrosse. I didn't know what that was, but uh, that's what they were doing. And uh, uh, thank God for what goes on uh, there at Syracuse University and the great churches that are in that area. Well, take your Bible this morning and go with me to Acts chapter 11. We're uh, at the uh, church at Antioch, and I want us to look uh, at a message in chapter 11, beginning in verse 27, and then find chapter 20. Go a few pages over and put your finger in chapter 20, and we'll look at one verse uh, over there. So this morning, we'll be uh, looking at the church at Antioch, in a message that I've entitled, Let's Talk Giving. Thank you for the two that said amen today. Acts chapter 11, beginning in verse 27, the church at Antioch, and we find these words. Now at that time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and began to indicate by the Spirit that there would uh, certainly be a great famine all over the world. And this took place in the reign of Claudius. And then the proportion that any of the disciples had means, each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of the brethren living in Judea. And this they did, sending it in charge of Barnabas and Saul to the elders. And then I want you all to read out loud with me in Acts 20 and verse number 35 where Paul is preaching. Coming to the end of his exhortation to the Ephesian elders, he is about to kneel down. They are going to weep over him and send him off. And at the conclusion of that message, Paul had this to say, in everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That beatitude that's out of place, if you will, not found anywhere in the gospels, But Paul knew it from the lips of Jesus and placed it in this message to the church at Ephesus. I preached at 9.30 and will preach today and then I will leave here, go to Birmingham, Alabama and preach tonight at an evangelism rally at the Canaan Church for the Birmingham Association. And then in the morning, I'm done. I'll be free, taken off, as our leadership has encouraged me to do, until the third day of April when I will return here to the Olive Pulpit after uh, an extended vacation, a sabbatical that we 
call it. They had asked me to do this a couple of years ago. I did it seven years ago, and uh, they had encouraged me, but in the midst of COVID, it was really no time to do that. I needed to be here, and uh, on the other practical side, there was nowhere to go. So I will leave uh, here and then be gone and in town and out. And I will return on the third day of April and I will preach. And that will be the first Sunday of our new giving cycle and budget. That night, April 3rd in the evening, we will have another family gathering time on Sunday night. We'll dedicate families and children. We'll license young ministers to go and preach the gospel. We'll have testimonies and other things. And then we'll raise our hand and adopt a budget. Uh, It is not fixed yet, uh, but they are working hard. And our first number, and it will not vary far from this number, will be the first time that we've needed this many digits. But our budget will be $10,131,179. Be the first time for us to peek over that $10 million number. And so I thought, since I won't be here during this month to talk about it, I'd just preach about it on this Sunday and talk about giving and what we need to do uh, beginning in April as we go through the coming year with this large, you know, the budget is not that number. The budget is the number you give. Because we can't spend more than we get. We're not the government. All right? Because if your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep will be your downfall. All right? So uh, we, we live within our means. And our means has been growing during this COVID season as you've been so very faithful, giving uh, both in the plate and online and through the mail and other ways and I thank you for your faithfulness and this becomes our target number the church at Antioch was generous and we must be generous the misplaced beatitude of Jesus you know the beatitudes are in Matthew 5 but this one is not there but now it is there in Acts it's more blessed there's the beatitudes more blessed blessed are the poor in spirit Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Well, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive from the lips of our Lord. So this morning, let's talk about giving. And I want to nail two flags in the wall here today and let them fly uh, for us and place those markers, if you will, about giving then have an invitation pray over a mission team that's going to be going out from us and ask the blessing of God and give an invitation for some of you to come and be saved for some of you like these that were baptized for you to come and follow suit for you to come and join this church and we give that invitation at the end of this exposition about giving two things number one I want you to see with me what I call the power, the power of cooperation. Uh, The Bible says that the church gave together. They all came together, and then they gave the money uh, to Barnabas and Saul 
often. They carried it off to Jerusalem, and there they were able to bless others. There, there is power when we cooperate together. We can all together in cooperation do more than any one of us could ever do. And then when you expand that beyond the walls of this church, this is a Baptist church, but it's a Southern Baptist church, and we cooperate with others that are Southern Baptist churches. Nearly 4,000 of them in Florida, 50,000 across the United States. And each one decides what they'll give. Nobody tells us what to give. We decide what to give. And we put it in what's called the cooperative program. And through the cooperative program, we put our funds together, we cooperate, and all the churches together can do more than any one church can do by itself. Though there are some monstrous churches that can do many things, but no one church can do what all of us together can be about. This week, I got good news from Tommy Green, who is the executive director of our Florida Baptist Convention and leads our work of church planting and other ministries across Florida. He said, I want to send you a video. This video surprised me because I can count, but I did not realize what had happened in our giving through the cooperative program. And Tommy asked me, can I share a word 90 seconds with your church? I said, well, it's according to what it is. And he said, I think you'll like it. So lift your eye to the screen and hear from our exec, Tommy Green, my dear and good friend. I'm Tommy Green, the Executive Director of the Florida Baptist Convention, and I want to say thank you to Olive Baptist Church for your incredible kingdom generosity. Your church, under the leadership of Dr. Ted Trailer, this past year, the year 2021, gave over $1 million through the cooperative program. You're one of the leading churches in the entire Southern Baptist Convention as it relates to generosity and kingdom giving. You're a church that is on mission for the Lord Jesus Christ. You're committed to reaching your community, your city, your county, indeed our country and the continents with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so grateful for Dr. Trailer's leadership and the impact that he has not only on fellow pastors but on fellow churches as he sets a standard in terms of kingdom ministry and how you can give more and God provides more. And we are so thankful for how God is using Olive Baptist Church. On behalf of Florida Baptist, I want to say thank you and only eternity will share the testimony of your faithfulness in giving and how that has impacted the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, when Tommy sent that, I, I had looked last year and I knew we were going to be over 900,000. And I, matter of fact, I went and talked to some of our leaders. I said, you know, if we just put a little extra of that, we can go over that million dollar mark. Now, that'll be pretty cool because not many people ever do that in, in being able to give that much to missions. And I prayed about it and, and I was Wednesday night supper one night and I was telling Dr. Passmore about this. Uh, never been a greater champion for cooperative program giving than Jerry Passmore. And, and he said, we ought to do it, preacher. Let's, let's go. Let's get over that mark. That'll be great. And I said, well, his sweet wife, Lyanne, was sitting there next to him. And she looked at me and she said, the Holy Ghost won't let you do it, will he, preacher? He won't let you because you'd be bragging if you did it. I said, well, that's right. <laughs> and we kind of chuckled. And I, well, little did I know that our counting is different because their budget year runs January to December and they're just now getting all of their counting done whereas our budget runs from 
April 1st until the end of March, and so they are a little different. Well, when our last quarter came in at a larger number, it pushed us over a million dollars to the cooperative program. And so very, very few churches have ever done that in the history of our great denomination. Nobody in Florida doing that now except you, and I'm grateful to God for you. So you ask, well, a million dollars? If we kept that and didn't give, we could do a whole lot of stuff with a million dollars around here. I mean, we got nine million left. We gave a tenth. But when we give, we do more together. What is it that happens with that money? Well, first of all, it goes to Florida, as Brother Tommy said. It plants churches. You know, three of the top ten cities where people are moving to in America are found in the great state of Florida. Three. You, you find them here. And we are sowing down those areas with new Bible-preaching churches. And part of your money goes to help that. Not only do we do that in Florida, but we do it around the world with, with the International Mission Board. Dr. Paul Chitwood is our leader. He was just last week standing at the border of the Ukraine. He sent me a, a, and to others this message where he stood at the Polish border and they were taking in and our sin relief through IMB was doing that. When you give, you're touching the world more than you could do alone, more than we could do as a church. We come together with 50,000 other churches and we marshal our forces and send thousands of missionaries. As a matter of fact, Sean, won't you uh, to come and uh, stand with me here? Come ahead, Calvin. And uh, I got a word from him just a moment. Uh, Sean has been directly impacted through the international mission. Tell us that story, Sean. This is yeah. incredible. Yeah, many years ago, um, if you don't know, I'm from a small village in South Africa, one of us south of the city of Durban. That's where we were born and brought up. And it was a very painful time in our country's history of apartheid. And uh, my grandmother, I was not born then, my grandmother lay very sick in bed. And the word went around that there were missionaries from the, from the United States that's going around meeting people, praying and sharing the good news of Jesus. So some people brought those missionaries to my grandmother. And lo and behold, she accepted Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. And later on, my parents, and then I was born, and then I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So I'm a third generation IMB convert because of your faithful giving and you sending missionaries. Amen. Somebody gave that money, sent missionaries, yeah. South Africa, and, and then we got a kickback on this deal. <laughs> yeah. We sent money and we got this. You got the better deal. Uh, yeah, amen. That, that, that's it. <laughs> Uh, you, you, sometimes you get a return, sometimes you don't. But, but we did uh, as the missionaries went. Grandmother saved, parents saved, Sean saved, and God moves his heart to move here and then puts us together through the North American Mission Board Absolutely. where God drove our hearts together and when he came here. Wonderful story, and that's happening all around the world as IMB missionaries go and share. Thank you, Sean, Absolutely. for giving us a quick word this morning. Not only do we do that, but through, yeah, give him a good hand. Then through NAM, NAM, North American Mission Board, they're, they're planting churches all across uh, the United States. And with that, one of their specialized ministries is disaster relief. Now you see, Brother Paul's over here got his DR shirt on this morning. I saw several in the early service had on their yellow shirt. You see, they wear those hats. We just sent a group out to Colorado. You know how those disaster relief people come here when the wind blows? Well, we sent them out there because the fires were burning. And they were there helping people and cleaning property in the name of Jesus and having an opportunity to share the gospel with people there. 
you send those people with your gifts through the cooperative program, and we do that with the North American Mission Board. So we do it across Florida. We do it around the world. We do it across America. And then we do it in theological education. The, uh, another one of the large segments, about 20% of our money winds up in these six seminaries where we're teaching young men and women training them for ministry. And Calvin Arett's on our team here, and Calvin's one of those. So Calvin, tell us about your experience and uh, where you're going to school and how that works. Yes, so um, this past semester I started going to New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary over in Louisiana, and um, God called me into youth ministry. Um, And with that, I felt the desire to do uh, discipleship through that. So New Orleans has an amazing online master's program Um, for their discipleship and part of putting that program together has come from the cooperative program and as well a big thank you to everybody has helped pay for my tuition to go to this cooperative program so yeah so it becomes cheaper uh, for students like yourself because of the cooperative program uh, putting that there what are you taking this semester so this semester I have um, a Old Testament class, which is probably my hardest class, <laughs> spiritual formations, and then I have a lifespan development. So I get to learn how in each stage of life, God has a specific role for us. Amen. So. Well, we're glad you can go there online and work here as a part of us, uh, doing the work, helping, giving. You saw those young people that were baptized today. That's coming right out. Uh, of the ministry that Calvin is involved in with some of our other leaders, and we're grateful to God for him. Amen. Thank you, Calvin. Amen. So there's the power of cooperation. Together we do many things, and that million dollars that goes out of there, and we'll give more than that this year if we go over and above our budget as we did last year. But secondly, I want to plant the flag not only the power of cooperation, I want you to see what I call the principle, quickly, the principle of contribution, that we all contribute together. These offering plates come by and you give, and that's where we have this principle that we all give. And you hear me use the word tithe, and when I do, I always have somebody say, oh, preacher, you know, the tithe, that's under the law. We don't do that now. Well, let me tell you, you read your Bible, you'll find the tithe is pre-law, law, and post-law. You'll find Abraham before the law, given a tithe. You'll find the tithe in the law, and you'll find the tithe, Jesus speaking to it in the New Testament. I wish God had let me get by with a tithe. Friend, you'd always give more under grace than you'd give under law. But that's a great marker. It's a great place to start with a tenth under kingdom work. How do we contribute? Well, we do it two ways. First of all, we do it according to our abilities, our abilities. Amen. Verse 29 says, in the proportion that any of the disciples had means, that was their ability. It was their capability. The Old Testament says in Deuteronomy 16, 17, every man shall give as he is what? Able, according to the blessing of the Lord, your God, which he's given unto you. In Matthew 25, we find it with the parable of the talents. Jesus said there was a man, he had five talents, a man who had two talents, a man had one talent. The guy that had five came to ten, came to two, came to four. The one that had one, he buried it in the ground. Jesus rebuked him. You see, what he's saying there is if you're a five-talent Baptist or a two-talent Baptist or a one-talent Baptist, and that talent is a 
like a dollar. It's a monetary measurement. See, as you're able, then you give. It, it's according to your ability. As God blesses, you give. I was thinking through the New Testament this week. I can't wait to get to heaven and talk to some of the people that gave to Jesus. Just think about it. He's walking on the Sea of Galilee, and he gets out in a boat to preach. I want to meet that fisherman that gave Jesus his boat to fish in. Amen. I, I think through all of those people. I, I think of that little boy that had the lunch. He gave his loaves and his fish, and Jesus multiplied it and fed thousands. I, I want to talk to that little boy. I bet you he's got a story when we get to glory. Amen. I think of Joseph of Arimathea. He gave Jesus a tomb. Jesus buried him in it. Joseph got his tomb back. He's had to give it for three days. That's all the Lord needed it. He is buried, raised, and Joseph got his tomb back. Reminded me of an old man I met over in Mobile while I was preaching one time. He had to be 95 years old. He walked up to me and he said, you never met a man like me. I said, I don't think I have. He a little short fellow talked real fast. He said, this is my wife. We've been married 10 years. I said, how old are you? 95, 95. I said, really? Yeah, her first husband bought 40 acres of land from me. They were married all these years. My wife died. Her husband died. I married her and got my land back. I said, well, amen. <laughs> well, that's what happened to Joseph. He gave his tomb. He got it back. Amen. I, I think of that man Jesus said to his disciples, go into Jerusalem and tell that man, the Lord has need of your colt, C-O-L-T, of your horse. They went in and found him. And you know the story. He gave the colt. And Jesus, they put the blankets on. He rode that colt into Jerusalem. I can't wait to get to glory talk to that man who, he wasn't a horse thief. He gave his horse. He, he gave unto Jesus, Zacchaeus. He, he came down the tree, got saved, and gave his house. So Jesus could preach in his house. Some of you need to give your house, your yard, as a place for the gospel. Amen. Uh, have that Matthew party. You're going to hear more and more and more about that uh, as our evangelism division rolls that out. Using your house and your house and your house and your house and my house uh, as we have those Matthew parties. Give as God prospers you. The tithe is a baseline. Now, I won't challenge you. I'm... I'm fix and walk out the door and get in the car. I'm going to be gone. I'm coming back in April. I dare you. I dare you the next three Sundays for everybody in this church to bring a tenth of your income for three weeks in a row. Online, I dare you. Send it online. Mail it in. Do you know that if everybody in this church gave a tenth of what they make for the next 12 months, we'd have to pray and fast for 60 days. To figure out what to do with the money. It would be incredible. Some people already there. And you need to pray what would God have me do. Uh, some that give a little. And God moves you toward a tithe. Others you've never tried giving anything. And you ought to try giving something. Test me. Try me. Prove me says the Lord. If I'll not open the windows of heaven. And pour out a blessing. That your house can't hold.
Little's much when God's in it. You give according to ability, but secondly, you give according to faith. You noticed in verse 20, they determined. They determined. They would not let up. In Mark's Gospel 12, 41, 42, when Jesus came to the temple, he sat down opposite the treasury, began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. Many rich people were putting in large sums. But then came, you know, a poor widow. And put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. We call it the widow's what? Might. The widow's might. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says it this way. Honor the Lord from your wealth and the first of all your produce. And your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vats will overflow with new wine. And then Jesus said it this way in Luke's gospel, chapter 6 and verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. They'll pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For by your standard of measure, it'll be measured to you. And friend, you can't outgive God. God take care of you. I've never been hungry a day in my life. God's blessed my family, my mama, and my daddy. When my parents couldn't draw a salary out of that store we always had stuff to eat there was a little while there we couldn't draw much salary but we always had bent cans it's one of the fun things we did shaking those cans and being able to learn what was in them when they didn't have any thing written on the outside sometimes you'd get food you get that alpo instead of the green beans <laughs> You wouldn't want that. But we, I've never been hungry. I've never been hungry. My mom and daddy taught me how to trust God and how to give. And I've known many people that they've hurt, and it, it's been tough. And some of you are there, and we minister to people that are like that. But at the same time, we must give by faith. I remember in seminary, God moved in a service like this around Christmas. Liz and I was budgets kind of skinny. We both prayed, and God led us to give five hundred dollars to a friend who was really in a strait. And we gave that five hundred; it cleaned out our checking account till we could get to the next month. We'd made plans; we'd been fine. But we got home for Christmas, and we did all the stuff. And I remember we'd just finished dinner, and Mother said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot." And she went over to the Christmas tree, and up in the branches, she reached and got an envelope and handed it to us, and said. It was a gift that came for you, and you know how much is in that envelope. $500. You can't outgive the Lord. You, you give by your capability, but you also give by faith. His name was R.G. Letourneau, Letourneau Universities in Longview, Texas. And a generation back, R.G. Letourneau, a sixth grade dropout started a company to make earth-moving machines. He took his first 100,000 and went broke. But he didn't stop. He kept on. The Lord blessed. And a thousand turned into a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand into a half million, a half million into millions. Letourneau and his wife, his life story book is entitled Moving Men and Mountains. They'd move mountains of dirt, but they'd move men too. 
Letourneau and his wife made a commitment late in their life after the Lord had blessed that they would live on 10% and give away 90%. He could do that. But it cost him something. But he found great joy in giving. Most of us couldn't live like that. I couldn't live that way. You probably couldn't either. But what is it that God would call you to do? Friend, if you won't tithe your income now, don't tell God you're going to wait till you can afford it. That's like the boy that comes to me and says, Preacher, I'm going to ask her to marry me when I can afford it. You'll never pop the question. You've you got to walk by faith. Begin to give. As best I know, I've tithed every penny God's ever brought me. If I haven't, I, I'll stand a judgment. But I believe I have because my mom and daddy taught me as a little boy to do that. I taught my children. My children now teaching their children. One day I'll be dead and gone. They'll, they'll come a group behind us. Dr. Criswell down at First Dallas used to say, every baby that goes in the nursery ought to have an offering envelope pinned to their diaper. <laughs> he said, teach those kids from a young age and grow them up to learn to give. Friend, the greatest gift the world's ever known was given at Calvary. You're never more like God than when you're giving. Amen. Never more like Him. I was up in Georgia preaching this week. Checked in a hotel, and Alexander had my cart and my bag carrying us up to the fourth floor. Liz got hung up talking to some people. I went up with Alexander. We walked in. I talked to him. He is a junior college baseball player. I said, I never did that, but I played junior college basketball. We began to talk sports, and I began to give my witness, my testimony, and, and come to find out that he's dating a girl who works for a ministry, but he's not sure about all that. And, and so I pressed Jesus as hard as I could press it. Alexander, Jesus died for you. He, he came for you. He lived. He died. He rolled. Give your life to him. And I got done, I reached my pocket and got one of those $100 bills. Said, man, I want you to know I work for an elderly gentleman. He's the ancient of days. He's blessed me. I said, I'm not this generous, but that man is. And he lets me bless other people. And so I pressed that 100 bucks into his hand with a gospel tract. Telling him, you need this. Friend, the greatest thing you could ever do is receive Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior. To, to commit yourself to him and then become like him. And you're never more like him than when you're giving. Not just your money, but you're giving your service. You're giving your forgiveness to people that don't deserve it. You, you, you're giving your hand to people that need a way out. You, mm -hmm. It's more blessed And it's receive. I, I like to receive. 
But I'm telling you what, I get a charge out of giving. We sent that $100,000 up to Wyoming. Another, man, that, that charged my battery. I helped old Alexander this week. That charged my battery. A letter came across my desk this morning trying to help an evangelist just to send him a little something because it's been hard. They hadn't had many meetings. And God's blessed us immensely. So I challenge you. Be a giver. But before you're a giver, be a receiver. All those kids went in that water were asked, have you received Jesus? Friend, if you are with them, know that you, you ought to follow in their footsteps. You ought to receive them. And you ought to receive him as your Lord. You ought to come be a part of this church. Join it. Be here with us. You ought to come today. So, well, preacher, I would, but you know, I got family here today. What a, what a great day to do it. Take your witness in front of those. So, well, you know, don't be embarrassed. Everybody here's for you. Amen. They are. If they're not for you, we'll take them out behind the building. We got a committee for that. Amen. Oh, the Lord. I gave the invitation this morning. Not many people came. But one little girl came down. I, this never gets old. She walked right down through here. Evelyn Widener came with her. Miss Evelyn looked and she said, Preacher, this little girl asked me to come with her. And she looked at my eyes. I said, Why have you come? She said, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I'm telling you, Brother Sean, that never gets old. That's what God called us to be. And, and when you, you offer the gospel, whether it's a child or their parent or their grandparent, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's gospel ministry. why we're here. It's why we give so we can go. Every ministry has to be paid for. We understand that. And that's why you give Sunday by Sunday so the gospel can go day by day. If you're here and not a member of this church, come. If you're here today and never been saved, come. Come today. If you're here today and you need to just come be broken before the Lord come. When John begins to sing, we've got a mission team that's going to be going out. And I want you to come the very first thing. And I want you to come kneel right here, that mission team. And I'm going to talk about it in a minute. But I want you to just come be the first ones after I pray. You come and kneel right there. They're headed to Wyoming on a mission trip. We're going to pray over them. I want you to come on this side and kneel. And I'll be standing here receiving others as they come. If you're here never been saved, come today. This is your day. One somebody you, a couple you, a whole family you. You come. Amen. And surrender all unto Jesus. I pray the mission group comes and then you come surrendering all to the one who gave all for you. Father, have your way in this invite, in this appeal, in this invitation. Send these from us on mission. And oh God, add to the family those that need to be saved, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.